exclusive. The opinions expressed in Nerds on the Left do not necessarily reflect those of the B&E Podcast Network or any affiliated podcast. Enjoy the show. Press the button. He's not recording again. <laughs> Who lives in a pineapple under the sea? SpongeBob SquarePants. You're saying it wrong. I didn't watch the show. I'm too old. Old man. Like I'm old so enough. Guys still watch a Steven Universe. Yeah, oh yeah, of we course. Are the crystal gems? We'll always save the day. And, and if, if you, you think, think we can, we'll, we'll always save the day. Yeah, we all know the song, Melissa. That's why the people of this world believe in garnet and and Pearl and Steven. I'm ready. All right. Did you guys ever watch Lamb Child growing up? This is a song that God never damn. Ends. I sang it for what, like 15 minutes on the way home yeah. from vacation? No, I was joke. just like. Yeah. I have video. <laughs> yeah. It's literally the only song on the planet Rodney knows most of the lyrics to. <laughs> there is that one word that I'm still not sure about. <laughs> it's either this is the song that never ends or this is the song that doesn't end. I think it's this is the song that never ends. Well, it, the, the, the song itself is both, but I don't remember exactly which one that they sing. I think it's, this is the there are versions where it's both. This is the song that So people started or, singing or, it and learned what it was. Is and the song that you never ends. Forever just because this, this is the song that, that never ends. I think, I think it doesn't. That's what I said. He says never. Well, I mean, we could easily Google this, but I enjoy the, the arguments instead. Some people started singing it not knowing what it was. And they'll continue No, because they'll continue singing it. Oh, wait. That could be singular. Yeah. Someone started singing it. I don't know what it was. No, I think I it's think some people. It. Yeah, it's definitely some people. Some people started okay, singing listen, it. Okay, listen. Can we all just... Welcome to Nerds on the Left. Uh, we have another exciting episode for you today. Um, with us today, as always, myself, Rodney. Mike's back. Hi. Yay, Mike. Melissa. Eh. Mara. Yay, Mara. Not we... yay, Melissa. No, no. All right. I live with you, so it's like... Uh, you know, no, I love you when you're on the podcast. We're a treat. <laughs> anyway, so what's been up, guys? Dude, I don't know. We missed last weekend. Like everyone seemed to be sick or busy. Um, what, what, Mike, you were sick. Yeah. Melissa, you constantly keep me busy. Yep. That's what wives do. <laughs> Mara. They did nothing. Oh, okay, cool. You could have even covered being like, I was being a good wife to my sick husband. No, because you were here playing Harry Potter. 
Oh shit! We, you know, we didn't we do did that. Play. We played Harry Potter and we didn't record an See, episode. I leave for one week and this shit goes to hell. I can't believe I forgot by, about that. We got distracted by the Harry Potter board game. Yeah, it's called Battle um, for Hogwarts. It's right there. Oh, yeah, Hogwarts Harry Battle. Potter Hogwarts Battle. So it's a cooperative deck building game. It's pretty cool. Like I, I don't enjoy a lot of board games, but the fact that this is not. Like player versus player versus player versus player, it's cooperative. Yeah. That, that this is the first game I've ever played like that. Yeah. So you guys are kind of new to the table. We are board we are game. tabletop novices. Tabletop novices. Yeah, it's it's pretty noobs. <laughs> oh God, I'm a noob again. <laughs> I'm a I'm a 31 year old noob. I didn't think I'd ever ever find myself in this position. <laughs> it just means you have. A world of things to experience. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you what do you think of it so far? The the playing mechanisms and. So the, the way the game goes, um, you play. You, you have access to only a small deck of cards to begin with that are like year one cards since it's Harry Potter themed, and then as you go, you get more advanced spells and you have more advanced enemies. Um, the fact that year one was kind of boring because you didn't have a lot of cards to pick from mm-hmm. kind of threw me off. But once we got into like year two and three and the, and the game got a little bit more complex yeah. and a little bit more difficult. Yeah. I, I actually really enjoyed it. And, and I don't, I'm not one for a lot of tabletop gaming because I have, s- I have no patience. Mm-hmm. Like if my turn, if, if in my head, I know exactly what I need to do. You just want to go ahead and do it. I want to do it. Yeah. Like, I don't want to... Oh, God. You're going to think, and then you're going to take a sip of your fucking drink, and I'm (laughs) over here, like, across the table from somebody, losing my shit, even if I'm not showing it. Like, and and then I just lose interest. Yeah. So, that's my conundrum with board games. I love playing with people like you, especially if I have an idea of what you want to do, uh-huh. and then I can thwart it and piss you off. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm very easily, I'm very easily <laughs> mocked and goaded during uh, these kind of games. I will so, say one drawback of this game, Lord Nerds are going to have a goddamn an- aneurysm with the villains here. Yeah. It doesn't, it, I mean, you have friggin' Quarrel and Book 4, and I'm like, he died well, so, a long time ago. So let me explain a little bit about it. So yeah. how it works is the the cards are divided up are you a game master i don't know who's a bigger game nerd you or mike depends board games her yeah like rpgs me okay okay so how this game works is you're you're essentially playing through the years of hogwarts and so there's year one year two so on and so on and when you start off with year one it's very basic it's very introductory it gets you used to the concept of the game which you you have a set of a deck of cards and you can buy cards to strengthen your deck and then you use those cards against the villains. But it's and, a communal pool of cards yeah, that everyone draws yeah, from. Yeah, and you're also you're working together as a team to defeat the villains. Mm-hmm. So you're not out, you know, Harry's not out to win for himself. So you you get to play one of the characters and it starts off with Harry, Hermione, Ron and Neville. And the thing is, though, the villains are, they can trigger effects that will take away from locations. And if you lose a certain amount of locations, you lose the game. So that's it. You're trying to defeat the villains before they win the, before they take control over all your locations. And it's, it's nice because it steps it up 
And so you're not just playing the same thing. Like they introduce every couple of years, they introduce something new, a new twist to it. So it's got some variations to it. But in terms of how how I think this compares to other deck building games, which I've really only played Legendary. I like Legendary better because there's you're working together, but there's also a little bit of like you score points and there's oh there's someone, like a competitive aspect yeah. to it. So it's it's nice because you got to balance that mm-hmm. working with everyone else and working you know for your your own goals. Well, and there's also it seems at least with Legendary, there's more replay value because with this after you've gone through the entire game, that's more or less it. I mean your villains because drop on a different turn than they did the last time. So there's a little bit of replay value there. But really, after you have get through all the new mechanics, that's more or less the game. Yeah, and I, and I can see that. And Legendary has a lot more expansion packs they introduce, so there's a lot more out there in the Legendary universe. But this is just, I think this just came out last year, so it's oh, relatively new. Oh, so there's no, like, new. expansion packs yeah, for so it there or could be. I, I don't see how they would work them in unless they just release more villain sets, you know, stuff like that. Or they go prequel and do Fantastic Beasts, but that would kind of ruin this whole thing. Yeah, so I, I, I don't really see this expanding a lot, but I like it. I think it's good, and I think it's good introduction to deck-building games. Mm-hmm. And the thing about deck-building is, like, if people out there listening have ever played Magic... It's similar to that, but the thing is they're all contained inside the box. So you have as good a chance as getting a good deck as everyone else. It's not, you know. It's not like Magic the Gathering where I could go out with $1,000 and buy $1,000 worth of cards. Yeah, Yeah, it it doesn't have that aspect of he who has the most money has the best deck. Yeah. You know, I I was actually going to actually, I was going to make a joke about it, but now I'm kind of thinking it might be a legitimate thing. They could expand this game with more heroes. Yeah. Like, that would be something really easy. I mean, it wouldn't change the the core mechanics of the game very much, um, but... They would uh, have to tweak the difficulty, though, because... Yeah, maybe a little bit. Um, but also, if you choose different sets of heroes, maybe that makes the game easier or harder. Well, there that would be an, nice. There yeah. is an option for, you can, you know, they have these skulls you put on location, and that represents the villain's control over it. You can start with those some on it so you can put yourself kind of you can adjust the difficulty level a, a bit through that the one thing about this game i kind of feel like it's a serviceable deck building game with harry potter on it you could put anything on this and it would not i thought change the exact the same thing like the first year i don't feel like anything i did helped or hurt us because the deck was so small and there yeah. was so such a few cards to build our deck from uh i don't feel like i made a difference one way or another like i definitely could have skipped to year two um but yeah they could have slapped any kind of you know branding on this and it would have been great a team ninja turtles and i mean that's in all honesty that is a little bit unfair because it's the same thing with Legendary, and they actually exploit that to great extent because... Of the expansion they, packs? Well, they have a Legendary Marvel, they have mm-hmm. Legendary Alien, they have Legendary Firefly, which, from what I can see, is more or less the same mechanic with a new skin. Oh, yeah? So, well, I mean, it may I, just be indicative of deck-building games in general. People have been buying Monopoly for 50 years, and there's a thousand different versions now. We own two different kinds. Why? We bring it out when we don't want to be friends with people anymore. Right? Oh, God, okay. I that hate actually Monopoly. makes a lot of sense then. 
That's great. So we'll know one day when you invite us over and we're just like, hey, we're going to play Monopoly (laughs) Simpsons version. Like, well, uh, this friendship's over. I'll see you later. But it's just the modern seasons, too. It's like season like 22 to 27. It's not like the good stuff, like season six through, I don't know, like 10, 15. Well, going back to what you're saying about um, game one, Uh catching catching back on that conversation is i think it's i think it's intentionally kind of slower to get people used to the mechanics of the game to introduce it and i get that but whenever it's not it's not year one isn't labeled the tutorial level though yeah it's labeled year one so i'm expecting to run into it Mm. but you could argue that harry's first year at hogwarts was his tutorial they they are the most boring books so one and two they're the shortest the easiest to read and Harry fucks up a lot, and his friends are there to save him. Well, that's because uh, J.K. Rowling had, couldn't afford those Ghost Riders yet. Don't just J.K. Rowling <laughs> know, in this no. house. <laughs> How no, dare she's you? She's amazing. I just wanted to see Mary's reaction. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to see your Hulk out. I'm, well, I'm going to tweet J.K. about that. All her other stuff, I think she just caught lightning in a bottle. You think so? Lightning on a forehead. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I will say about this game, just playing, I would use this game as an introduction to kind of, like, to people who don't play games as much. I'd be like, hey, you want to come over and play a board game? Is that what you did to us? Maybe. (laughs) Well, she knew, she baited it with Harry Potter because she knew that you might have a chance of taking the bait and you drag him along for the ride. Mm-hmm. She's just like, that's two players I get. That's exactly yeah. what happened. Uh-huh. Yeah. And see, and now look, we're about to play yeah. this after the podcast. I feel so played. <laughs> Do you mind? No. Would you, would you guys be willing to play more games like this? I'd, I'd be willing to try more deck building games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Insert non-committal response here. Yay. That's normally my line. <laughs> That's normally my line. I like to leave myself wiggle room just in case. I do have a deck building game about Firefly, the TV show. So see, I'm less intrigued about that. I'd rather play Legendary. It, it's 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 from the Legendary, the same makers of Legendary. Okay, yeah, but I'm just saying I like X Men. <laughs> like that's what I want to see. I don't want to see brown coats and yeah, no, Jane Legend- and all those. Legendary is fantastic. Like yeah. I'd never played a deck building game until that one, and I was hooked as soon as I played it. Like it was great. And then- right. The one thing, we play with our brother who is an old-time Magic the Gathering player. So he's never played the game before. He's like, okay, this is going to pair with this. This is going to pair with this. And I'm like, Jesus, what did you do during your like childhood? A, a beautiful mind, but with... We <laughs> <laughs> just think um, with magic. Jack, or, um, <laughs> with deck building. Yeah, I don't know. I, I've been really... I, I've been enjoying it so far. And and hopefully it's getting... It, the difficulty last time we played was... It, it's ramping up. Yeah. Um, Easy peasy. Yeah, you say that. You missed last See, time. I, and that's... I played year four. We wrecked that. I'm that's one of the saying, things man. that I don't know. Like, it, it would be more playing need to be played with, but I don't know if it scales well between... It's for two to four players. And, like, when we played four, I felt like we had a handle on it. It wasn't mm-hmm. so easy. When we played three... I mean, we got our asses handed to us. Yeah, we, we had to play it again. Yeah, we when had, we played two ourselves... We wrecked it. Yeah. Like, we and, won without a skull on the board. Yeah. And so I don't know if it just doesn't scale well between players. If it's just a matter of how the cards fall. Yeah. I will say there were a couple of card villain cards that I saw that if they paired together, looks like they spelled trouble. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like there was a few, like, game enders. 
Like, if you got bad cards and you had the perfect set of villains out there... You're screwed. Yeah. Yeah. Like and I think that's what happened to us. you lose hearts. And every turn, you get a location. I mean, that, that's that's tough. That's rough going. Especially when there's one that every turn you get a location, and then there's another villain that said if you get a skull in a location, you lose a heart. So you're losing just round after round after round after round. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I think no, right. I think that's up. what happened to us. Yeah, yeah, you just got caught in a shitstorm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are some rounds where, like, every time you started, you lost at least four hearts. Yeah, you only get ten. See, we we never got even close to that. So maybe we got lucky. Maybe it doesn't scale as well for two people. Because again, with just two of us, we were building a massive deck. Mm-hmm. So there, I was playing. You know, you have to play all five of your cards if you can but they're just pairing off each other we were drawing more cards there's times we were drawing you know three or four cards in a hand you know in a round yeah so it just felt like with the two of us it was just snowballing two versus three nerds with beers and opinions a podcast on the bne network hosted by cody o kyle hodge and greg moser episodes available on itunes stitcher and episodes available at iTunes, Stitcher, and <laughs> episodes available at the B and E Network. <laughs> episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, <laughs> and Giggle Fans. Episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, and bmoviesandebooks.com. So last week, uh, I got an email from somebody named Ryan Little, who has a new project out on Kickstarter. Um, it's a comic book called Lonesomes, and this is actually the second issue uh, that he's doing a Kickstarter for, um, and he asked us to read it, talk about it, say what we thought, and um, I don't know, maybe give him a plug or two if it's if it's good, which it's good. I know a few of us got a chance to read it. What did you guys think? I liked it. I really liked the artwork. The artwork. <laughs> the artwork. Well, I was say, like, the, the colors were really pretty, but I, I don't know if that's okay. a... <laughs> so you said something I was going to talk about anyway. The colors in this book are great. Yeah. Um, so Lonesomes is, is about uh, these little creatures who can only be seen by people who reach a certain level of loneliness. Um, so I mean, it's, it's a theme that I know we've all kind of struggled with. I'm sure everyone in the world has felt like this. Lonesomes follows the story of Tom Ald, um, who's like a, I don't really know his age, but he's probably like 10 to 12. Would you agree with that? Probably. Yeah. But he basically reaches that level of loneliness to be able to start seeing these creatures. Um, so he, the creator, Ryan Little, sent us the first two issues to look over. And the first issue kind of sets the stage and shows how lonely this kid is. And there's this awesome scene um, where two kids in his class are talking directly over him like he's not there making plans for the weekend. And it's like, I've been in that exact position where two people are just like, hey, what are we doing this weekend? I don't know, man. I feel like partying. And Hey, what are we, what are we doing, guys? And, you know, I never, I never got that, that pity invite. Um, but neither does Tom. And that's the day that he sees his first lonesome, which is this really cool fox plant creature. 
like imagine like a Bulbasaur crossed with like a fox, right? Is that the best way to do it? Yeah, I could I could see that. Yeah. And like its flesh is made out of wood. I mean, it's a very mystical looking creature that he decides to take in as a pet. The first issue was really kind of a slow burn. It really did build the kid and the family out and kind of made us sympathetic to his loneliness. Uh, there's that one kind of hilariously sad scene in the forest where he actually has like stick friends that he that he he kind of sends off to protect him from the the creature um who in the second issue we learn his name is pete i mean we don't even really see pete till like what like the last couple of pages of issue one yeah and and the um the creator of the book kind of builds this up as like a western pokemon but i think that's really doing it a disservice because there's such an emotional level to it especially that first issue where it really is talking about how lonely this kid is and then in the second issue which is what the kickstarter actually is for um the issue is done it's completed already but he wants to give people the opportunity to buy physical copies um which is nice because this book is is done so well um it, it's to me it's on on the level of something like that would image would would put out any of the big three i would think yeah I and mean, the colors are just vibrant i'm i don't know if i've seen you know color work like this and maybe jim lee uh, it, it's really good, uh, and I actually have the name of the, the colorist here. Um, so the art, artist's name is Eder Messia, and the colorist is Farizi Kamaputra. Mr. Kamaputra can, can color himself a page. You're not kidding. Yeah, and like the, the tones of his color are built on top of each other, especially on Pete, that it really builds like a 3D effect on the creatures. And the creatures, at least the two we've seen, mm-hmm. always seem to have some sort of elemental vibe to them and i'm wondering if that's going to be the continuing theme throughout the series as far as it goes there's lots of questions that i want answered um oh i I, definitely want to read more of it yes like i can't wait to the the third issue and it seems what he's doing is he's he's completing the comic and then putting out a kickstarter for it just for physical copies so the comic is done right now he's working on issue three um but i i cannot recommend lonesomes enough but no, it, it's it's an absolutely great book, and I'm glad to see that Kickstarter has something of this quality uh, worth backing on it. I think Kickstarter has been fantastic for creative purposes. I myself, uh, and on behalf of Nerds on the Left, I donated some money um, to back it. I, I can't wait to get my physical copies. I don't know if I'm going to open them or not because I, I kind of want to. I kind of want to hang on to them. This is something that that I'm going to actually kind of treasure in my little comic book collection. Um, check them out on Kickstarter. You can search for Lonesomes, um, or also I'm going to go ahead and put a link in the dis- the episode description of the podcast, so you can just follow that as well. Thank you, Mr. Little, for the awesome comics, and after the break, we're going to come back with some politics. <clears throat> Would you please remove your podcast from the internet? It doesn't help the world in any way. You don't possess those skills. What a sad life way to express yourself to your peers. Mel suggested we record a promo for Barely Living the Dream, our podcast about independent filmmaking straight from the trenches. I suggested we read some hate mail, you know, to keep us humble. 
this one, I this one uh, was right after the place for it was free. Now, now if I got to get these already half of this off, it's not like it's supposed to be. Talk about a movie that doesn't go anywhere. Join us as we talk about making movies and living the dream. Barely. New episodes available every couple weeks. When we aren't on set. Only on the B&E Podcast Network. Available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and bmoviesandebooks.com. How do you think you guys sound like total fools? We are back on Nerds on the Left for what seems to be our weekly segment of What the Fuck is Trump Done Now? That's a daily thought for me. Because like I get up. And I check his Twitter to see what kind of, what kind of tweets. Just to make sure he hasn't started World War Three when he was taking a shit. What, what happened in the tweeting hours? I wake up and I see like five CNN breaking news alerts I from shit too. he's done in the night. I'm like really? So eight this- hours. <laughs> I was asleep for eight hours. So this week, I, I was I had taken a nap in the middle of the day, and when I woke up, I had the same thing. Like five CNN. It was like. Trump did something awful. Trump did something awful. Trump did something awful. Beyonce's having twins. Trump did something awful. I was like, oh, one of these things is not like the other. Right? I was like, I don't have time for you, Beyonce. Trump is ruining the world. I, you showed me something the other day that that really sums up the feelings. It was, um, well, it was like a tweet that had a picture of uh, the Star Trek captain. It's just like damage, damage report. report. Yeah. yeah, that that's that's basically how the last two weeks have been. Really, like not an exaggeration, not a hyperbole. It really feels like I'm in constant. I'm constantly bracing myself for turmoil. But on the other hand, for me, while this has been awful, the weeks before his presidency was worse because I'm just like, oh God, what's he gonna do? What's he gonna do? And now it's like, oh. All the awful shit I thought. Okay. Yeah. And what's more, I'm actually feeling a little bit hopeful for because for almost every awful thing he's done, thousands if not millions of people are standing up and saying, fuck you, no. Yeah. Like, like this that, Muslim ban. I think that's one thing that's better about now that he's actually elected than because before it was he's talking about doing all this stuff and his counterpoint and what you'd hear from the right is, oh, we'll give him a chance, give him a chance. And now it's like, okay, like we can actually start opposing him. Yeah. Two weeks in, he's to... every piece of shit. He's just as shitty as we thought the whole time. Yeah. Exactly. We got a big fat, I told you so, but we got nothing to show for it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but, but it's liberal tears. Right. That's what it is. Turning into precious snowflakes. Yeah. Like how many times have you been called a libtard in the last two or three weeks? I actually take screenshots. Every time someone on Facebook uses like libtard or calls calls someone a snowflake, I take a screenshot and like that file on my phone is over 200 photos. So I was in, yeah, I was in a comment section the other day and it was don't go there yeah that's a bad place to be right don't now and, and trolls, it, it was it was a, a mixture i was just observing like i wasn't saying anything i was no. just watching but it was a mixture so you had you know both sides going at it and there was one person who was like you know snowflakes when they get together they don't melt then they make a snowstorm i was like that's a bit far like snowflakes <laughs> you're hurting our own when they melt it's mildly annoying and that's what i plan on being <laughs> I'm, I'm a perturbance to you sir. <laughs> i'm going to make you uncomfortable <laughs> Yeah, if you, you know what, that's kind of what we need to do. Just yeah. every time something happens, somebody's got to speak up and make all the people that are staying silent. Just... We need to be the wet socks of America right now. <laughs> yeah, slosh, slosh for us. <laughs> well, there's a 
Go ahead. I'm going to find oh, the name uh, of this guy. Is it Moist? Are you talking about from Dr. Horrible? No, I was talking about this Republican representative talking about how women are all up in his grill because of Trump. Oh, I saw that. That wasn't even in Texas. This is a derail. But real quick, the other day there was a radio commercial that I only got through the first like two seconds of it because it just was saying Moist over and over and over Ew. again. Yeah, <laughs> like three times. I was like, nope. <laughs> There's a rumor going around Washington right now. John Cornyn is undecided on Betsy DeVos. So Mm -hmm. make his ass uncomfortable. Yeah, that would be fantastic if his phones weren't full and he wasn't deleting the voicemails. Oh, yeah. You can't get in through his phones. I saw some people were like, oh, right now the Lubbock line's taking calls. And then they're like, no, Lubbock line's not taking calls anymore. You can call the D.C. office right now. No, D.C. office isn't taking calls anymore. See, I I got through on his D.C. line and I know someone else did, but Cruises was full. Um, both of them were full the first time I called and then I waited like another hour and I was able to talk to a staffer on Cornyn's, I think, through the Houston line. So what was that experience like? I was, it was very brief. She was very courteous. She was just, oh, I just said, you know, I disagree with Betsy DeVos and she said, okay, what's your zip code? I'll write that down. That was it. She didn't ask for opinions or anything further. See, I've done a few, like, polls like that. Like, oh, Ted Cruz wants to know what you think about the ACA. Call him now. And I've done a few ones like that. But do you ever notice that you don't ever hear about results? Yeah. Right. No one ever puts out results. Never. And in fact, I even today I heard that some of the senators are complaining and the reason that they're not checking their voicemails or clearing out their voicemails uh, is because they feel like they're being spammed from fake callers. They don't feel like that's actually the pe- their constituents. Like, what do you even say to that kind of stupidity? I know. I know. Like, how the fuck are we supposed to reach it's a, them? It's a false flag call operation. Mm-hmm. They're so, not I mean, taking... do we just uh, go to their offices and then we uh, get accused of being paid by George Soros? Which, you know, if you're out there... I'll, I'll take his money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, we're doing this for free. We'll gladly be paid How for do it. you get on that payroll? Because right. I would like to get me some George Soros money. protest money. Yeah, he can spend money to pay for millions and millions of protesters. You think he could have bought the fucking election? Right? Yeah. God. At like, least do something with that money. You just take money from column A and you switch it to column B. That's all he needed to do to, to get Hillary elected. But... Anyway, so I was going to say, um, you said go to their office. Uh, Cornyn, they're actually refusing people if you don't make an appointment. Hey guys, guess how you make an appointment? You got a call, and they're not taking fucking phone calls right now. Wasn't Cruz doing the same thing? Uh, I just know about Corner because they're some of the Facebook groups that I'm in. Like they go as groups. They're uh, they can go like during the day, like during business hours, and so they have video that they've posted where they've gone to the parking garage and a security officer met them and said, "If you don't have an appointment and you're not, or you're not an employee here, you have to leave." And they're like, "My senator's office is in this building. Like I'm a constituent. I have a right to see him." They're like, "No, not without an appointment." And they're like, "We tried to make an appointment." And he's like, "I'm sorry, you can't be here without an appointment." Yeah, <laughs> fucking democracy, right? And, and I just, I feel like it's just going to get worse. Oh, I yeah. mean, the White House took away its line mm-hmm. for its comment line. So we have people organizing and calling Trump's businesses directly. So, I mean, you want to call Mar-a-Lago his little hotel getaway. Uh, you totally can do that. And whenever they say front desk, you say Trump is a piece of shit and he <laughs> needs to pull back on this immigrant ban. And America's, you know. Vote no one, Betsy DeVos. Yeah, like, 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can tell them what you think about DeVos. Um, I, it's just, it's sad what we're having to do to, to talk to our representatives in Congress. That's one thing that's kind of bothered me about what's come out post-election, you know, is it seems like there's this expectation from the right that liberals lost, they just need to shut up. Like sit down and shut up, and when somehow they were burning Obama in effigy. Well, and just somehow that losing means you don't get to participate, and it's like no, that's not how it works. Like you might not, but we can. We might not have power right now, but we can still make our voices. Like that's our right in this democracy. Is, For now, it's it's we the people. Like and we the people got shit to say. Like. And, and that really bothers me that how that came out. I don't want to say Nazi Germany, but that is something. I I don't like seeing Hitler comparisons. Like I don't know if it's just because I'm a history student. Like it's overplayed for sure. Well, and it it takes away from actual Hitler. However, I think there are some very important. You can look at the Holocaust and you can see like there are important lessons to be learned. And mm-hmm. like one of the things is with the Muslim ban is, you know, I, I think about, it was signed on Holocaust Remembrance Day. And right, he didn't talk about the Jews at all. Yeah. It didn't mention them once. But to me, it's, it's not just remembering the people who died. It's remembering how, like, the world failed those people. Because there was, like, I don't know if people know this or not, but there was um history lesson on nerds on the left there was uh the evian conference which was a bunch of countries got together and they're like what are we going to do about these jewish refugees trying to flee germany and america would not change its immigration policy so that signaled to all the rest of the people at the conference hey we don't have to do that either which then hitler interpreted as hey no one else cares so we had a chance to do something and we didn't And that's one of the things we need to remember on Holocaust Remembrance Day. Like there was, yeah, there was a ship that came from Germany full of Jewish refugees. They had um, all their paperwork in order and they wouldn't accept them. Like they got to port and they just sat in limbo. And then it was ultimately turned around and sent back to Germany. And then some of those people on that ship died in Auschwitz. That's what we need to remember, not sign. It was the... Uh, MS St. Louis. Yeah, that's what the ship was. Um, you know, I feel like that's what we need to remember, not basically repeating the same thing and turning our back on more refugees at this point, you and know? The, and the thing is, the um, the administration might be doing that, but the people aren't. I mean, as soon as that Muslim ban happened, within hours, you saw protests at airports all around the country our own friend of the show keith hernandez aka sean hendricks was one, at one at iah hopefully soon he'll be able to come on and talk about that but iah is the big houston bush airport intercontinental. George bush intercontinental airport yes um w or the first one the first one first, first one, one. Okay. hw hw yeah no, but I just yeah. like saying W. Yeah, within <laughs> w. hours, uh, they had major speakers like senators speaking at these events and immigration lawyers. Immigration that's what impressed me the most. God, was just the like lawyers chilling. that got out there. It was like the ACLU and park rangers are winning this right now. Right? Yeah. Can, can we talk about that real quick? The ACLU is kicking ass and taking names right now. And it, right. for the longest time, it had the 
uh, kind of a bad reputation of being like this liberal, this uber liberal, almost fire starter trying to drum up drama when there isn't some. Right. See, I've never had that impression of him. Yeah. That's what that's. I'm talking more. Are of, you watching Fox News, sir? I have. <laughs> Starts. That's a bad Accidentally. nerd. Accidentally. That's a bad nerd. So the ACLU uh, last weekend made $24 million, which they normally rake in 3 to $4 million a year. Yeah. What? They only get 3 to $4 million a year? In public donations, yeah. Hmm. Just doesn't sound like a lot. It's not. It's not a lot. And we've got people, you know, just donating. We have a band camp is actually today is donating the pro their part of the proceeds of all of their sales to the ACLU. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's so, today. So by the time everybody listens to that, that'll be days old. But womp, womp. yeah, um, I guess this technically is going to be our Valentine's Day week ep- episode. So. Love you guys. Yeah, heart stuff, I guess. We love our listeners. We'll just have to have a double protest date or something. Yeah. That would be nice. There actually is. Oh, my God. Like, I get daily emails about, oh, this protest is organizing. This protest is organizing. And that's a good thing. The next one that's coming up, it's actually going to be huge, is the Super Bowl. So the Super Bowl is here in Houston. We live pretty close. And so everybody is organizing. And then there's going to be a scientist's march, and there's gonna, they're going to do a tax day march, and there's going to be another uh, women's march next year. So my cousin, who's a um, junior in high school, in one of her classes, she's doing a project, and it's like an environmentalist project. She actually has to change some of her sources that she'd already picked out because they're no longer available because they were cut from government sites. What? Yeah. It really doesn't surprise me at all. Well, from what I understood, everything should have been archived. Like, if you, like, just change the URL, that's what I understand, is that everything that was on... Is it publicly archived? Yes. Okay. Like, you just change the URL, and you can access it. It's just, like, instead of um, dot, you know, whitehouse.gov, it's, mm-hmm. like, obamawhitehouse.gov or something. I don't, I don't know anything about it, so I don't... Yeah, I would definitely I'll just go back to ObamaWhiteHouse.gov and stare longingly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Paw at the screen. <laughs> I Come totally felt to like, sweet angel. like there was the sighting of them on the beach and I was just having like the moment of Rose from like Titanic. Just come back. Come back. Come back. Yeah. yeah he'll do fine. Yeah. Little Barry will be fine. And then he'll be back in four to eight years when Michelle becomes the president. No, I honestly, and I was talking to Melissa about this this week. I think he's going to come out in a big way against Trump. That's just my personal belief. Like, because from what I've read and what I understand, he has like a test where he won't say anything if it's if it's inside normal Republican thinking. So if normal Republicans think that there should be a nationwide abortion ban, he's not going to say anything if Trump comes out for that because a normal Republican would go after that. But if a normal Republican would, I don't know, put a civilian on the national security council that's something that he would say something about 
So he's still been pretty quiet, but I, re- I honestly, I think in the next in the next few months, you're going to see him come out of the the shadows. Speaking of that, that wasn't a black joke, by the way. To lose their minds over that, and that's great. I can tell. I can tell you the argument that will come out exactly. They'll be like, "No other president has spoken out. It's so rude." And blah blah blah. Un- and it- everything from here on out is unprecedented. Yeah. Everything. And you know what? There are no rules. Trump questioned the validity of his birth. So whatever Obama says about Trump is fair fucking game. Trump is questioning the validity of his own election. Yeah. His but own he won't election. do a recall. But he won. Recount. Not, not the validity that he won. The vo- Did you hear the he, uh, validity turned of the which Hillary Clinton off when he was with. talking to Russia? Yeah, that didn't even surprise me. This, this is no holds barred craziness from here until... Hopefully, 2018. The man made fun of Arnold Schwarzenegger at the National Prayer Breakfast. Like, I mean, I get it was supposed to be a joke, but it did not land. And it's like, this is the president of the United States is making fun of the governor. I just, I can't believe that people honestly believe that he's a Christian. Yeah, it blows my mind. Like, how, how do you think that Obama was a Muslim, but Trump is a Christian. It just... It's because Obama was black. <laughs> oh, you did think? Our, did our listeners not need to know that? That's how I whispered it. Their virgin ears have never heard that before. I'm just doing the uh, I think he had Republican it. dog whistle. Oh, he's a Muslim. He's a foreigner. He's black. He's different. I think he had multiple strikes against him. I think he also the middle name Hussein, Hussein. didn't help mm-hmm. with the. You know, when I first heard that, I was just like, "Ooh, well, that's not like right, like great." Like I before I knew anything about it. the man, oh, of course, yeah. Um, I mean, it does suck because you have this moment where you're like, "God, I wish Obama were still the president back when everything was great," and then you're like, "Well, fuck, Obama was like drone killing civilians and oh, stuff, yeah. like." I mean, he was a great president, one of the best. That doesn't mean we agree with everything yeah, he did. You're not going to have a perfect candidate. No, it, it's like you're thinking back to that summer when you were 12. You know, like, it was great. You got to go swimming every day, but you forgot you slipped and broke your arm. You know? It's yeah. like, you, you, you forget that, that those two things happened around the same time. Yeah. Well, and, you know, there there are things I wish Trump will succeed in. You know, so long as he does them you know kind of buy the book but i hope he can help the economy i hope that's something i want him to succeed in and i you know i want he's talked about getting um term limits on congress i'm all for that like he has my support on that but i don't think those are gonna happen no i I, honestly i i think that i think he dropped that as soon as he got into the white house yeah, that was dropped quicker as soon than as the train realized swap. it has to be passed by Congress members. Yeah. Oh, I mean, you haven't heard? He's executive order king now. Oh, I've noticed. Yeah. That's every scene in breaking news update that I get. Executive Which, order signed. But again, okay, because it's not it, a black man. It's not well, a black Democrat in the office, so it's perfectly fine to make executive order after executive order now. He's doing God's will. God chose a thrice-divorced adulterer to deliver his message to America. Have yeah. you seen these these Photoshop pictures? Obviously Photoshopped because God's not real and everything's dead. Um, but have you seen these pictures of Trump like at the desk and like Jesus is like guiding his yeah. hands? And it's like your stereotypically like dressed all garbed all in white, big brown beard, white Jesus. I yeah. believe, white Jesus. I, I believe to quote the president here, that would be wrong. 
sad. See, the thing that gets me, though, is that there's so much stuff to talk about with this administration in the last two weeks. There's no possible way we can cover it all in the kind of depth that we want to. So today I was watching um, a favorite author of Mike and Mines, Mike and Mice, um, Patrick Rothfuss, and he was doing a question and answer segment about his third and final book that everyone's crazy waiting for final book of his trilogy not the final book of his life yeah but Maybe. he so he's he, he kind of got off on a political tangent at the end of this but one of the things he said he's like there is so much stuff like pace yourself like it's going to be exhausting and like you can't do it all you can't know it all and i think that's something that's really important because you can't like it's already i mean it's been two weeks and it's just overwhelming like it's going to be a long haul i understand if individuals get burnt out but who i'm worried about getting burnt out is the media itself i agree yes i i would rather individuals get burnt out than the media i need the media to stay on trump and this this gaggle of gorillas that he's put into office i think i don't know if you have a whole lot of problem there because the Every time something happens and Trump goes after the media, it kind of seems like it rekindles them. It's like, oh, yeah, motherfucker. Uh, And that's what I hope happens. I hope he puts the logs on the fire that burn, you know, his administration down. Well, I think we saw that. He is building his own pyre. Yeah. I think we saw that with, um, you know, Trump's spokeswoman Kellyanne Conway's comments about the Bowling Green Massacre. Right. She just keeps coming hit after hit with these alternative facts. And the media is not letting her go. At the very least, Facebook isn't. Social media is not. It's ripping her apart. So she said that the reason that Trump started the quote-unquote Muslim ban was because of this Bowling Green Massacre where these terrorists, you know, were involved with this massacre there was no massacre so cnn right now i'm looking on the cnn app on my phone has an article titled conway and the terror attack that didn't happen and the first pretty good for cnn yeah the first one i read about it the very end of their article says so to recap and one of her claims about this massacre was that the media didn't cover it that this this massacre happened and the media didn't cover it and so CNN said, so to recap, there was no massacre in Bowling Green, and Obama didn't ban Iraqi refugees from the country for six months. Major outlets, including CNN, did cover Alwan and Hamadi's case. Those are the two terrorists that spawned the um, Iraq visa slowdown. We did not, however, cover the Bowling Green massacre because it never happened. Like, I was like, damn, CNN, you go. Okay, so like... The day after Trump told them that they were fake news, I downloaded their app because I knew I was like, these bitches are going to hit hard. So that those are those CNN breaking news updates that I get all the time. It's like I'm sticking with CNN on this. The one. only thing is I'm I'm happy that they're doing it, but they still haven't out and out called them lies. I want them. I want somebody on CNN to look at Kellyanne Conway and say, you're lying. Someone did, and I want to say it was New York Times, but I, don't quote me on that. But a major well, heard, newspaper did. Falsehoods, this didn't happen, but I don't, I've don't. i never seen anyone go out. He, you know, Trump and Kellyanne Conway or Spice or whoever, they're lying to you. Well, and Kellyanne Conway, I saw she did, you know, 
by now, I'm sure everyone has heard about her alternative facts comment. And she was doing something, I believe, on Fox, an interview. And she went on this long tirade and was saying that she um, she's out on Sunday morning doing all these shows. And she did hours of interview. And they just focused on that one thing, alternative facts. It's like, it's a big thing. Like, yeah. alternative facts to the facts like to the press core yeah right that means lie yeah you can't lie to the press core like facts are facts well i mean you can you should okay right in a <laughs> yeah. true democracy you can't lie to the press core well you can lie but you can't expect not to be called out on it all right all right i got something to say to this have you guys ever walked into the movie theater and just looked forward walked with purpose and not bought a ticket yeah yeah that's what she's doing. She's just like balls to the wall. Nope, I'm coming in. Not you can't make me buy a ticket. Actually, I I don't think I've actually done that. Also, we just commit. We just admitted to being criminals. My sister used to work at a movie theater. I was just gonna go hang out with her. I wasn't actually going in to see a movie. Proceed. Me neither. Wink. No, but like I've totally walked into a movie theater with outside food and drink. Like looked him in the eye. Like say something. And, and nobody says anything when you walk with purpose. They're just like, ah, hell with it. Yeah, like, I make $7 an hour. Like, why would I, I fight this big guy because he's bringing in, like, a hamburger from Jack in the Box? So yeah. that's what Kellyanne Conway's doing. Yeah. Just balls to the wall. No fucks given. Just, you're going to accept what's coming out of my mouth. Yeah. I, I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to reach a boiling point where they're going to end up cutting her off. I mean, I feel like that should have already happened. It should have, but they haven't been pushed far enough yet. I don't think they journalists, felt- journalists need to keep their journalistic integrity. And I think the first person who does that is going to be jumped on by journalists. Well, I think it's I think it's a fine balance. They I think it's a fine balance the media has to walk and I think there's a fine balance that the Democrats, the liberals, the opposition that they have to walk because if the media cuts her off to that base, it's going to confirm their notion that there's this war with the media and the media is an aggressive opposition party and they're going to, they're going to see it as it's just going to confirm and they're silencing the Trump administration and they don't want. And so I, I, I feel kind of bad for him because on the one hand it's like they're lying and they want to call them on it, but they have to use words like falsehoods and stuff like that and be kind of more gentle about it because, one, they have to report on what's going on with the Trump administration. And so they, you know, they need that access. But at the same time, like, they can't – they have to be careful of how they deliver their message because otherwise they'll just confirm to the Trump base this war. But here's the thing. To me – if a steamroller is about to run over you, you can fight or you can be run over. You know, like those are the only two options. So yeah. we need to pick one. Like it's getting it's getting that to to that point where we need to choose how we're going to handle this. I mean, yeah, it's true we're at a low point when we thought we were going to be at a high point. You know, like Yeah, but I think I think there's some what there, we're going to have to be somewhat pick our battles, you know, because everything's a battle. I know everything's. And that's what I'm saying is. Yeah. Sometimes you go ahead. Uh, sometimes you can, you fight the fight you can fight, 
but you can't lead every fight. You can, you know, give, you know, a signal boost or, and sometimes, but you can't be there on the front lines every fight or you're going to get cut down. You're going to burn out and you're not going to be able to do, be as effective as you would if you just focus on one issue or a few issues you know about and then sort of just support other people who know more about other issues. I feel like particularly with what's going on in like Congress right now with the confirming his people. Now I can't tell, like I'm not for him, but one of the things I think is we're not going to like everyone he puts in. Like we lost that. That's what's going to happen. There's going to be people in there we don't like. And what I worry about is if every single appointee is met with this huge opposition the ones like Betsy DeVos that really should be nowhere near that position is not going to be as impactful. And, and I think like with the Supreme court nomination, I hate that that got stolen from Obama and that's what happened. Like that Supreme court pick should have been Obama's. Yes. I agree. It was stolen and Mitch McConnell flat out refused to give him a vote. And the liberals all said, cried and said, this has to have, this needs nine seats. You can't have it with eight. We have to do this. And now it's vice versa. I I wish they could just be like, no, fuck it. We're going to do to you what you did to us. But that's only, I think that's only going to hurt us down the road. Well, like, we can't do that for four years. But we yeah. can definitely, at least, this guy, what's his name? Um, uh, I don't know Gorsuch? his name. Off the, yeah. Gorsuch. Like mm-hmm. But if I think in those attacks, we need to be specific and say, this is why this person is not good. This is the reason why. Because Instead of saying, nope, he's Trump's pick. La, 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 Yeah. No, no, no. See, I don't like people that do that. Yeah. But like every single one of them has something that said that should be disqualifying. And that's, that, and that's one thing. Like when I'm sitting here talking about it, I'm like trying to think of what I'm kind of like, oh no, they all have stuff like that. Yeah. And that's what makes it hard. But I do think that, particularly the leaders in the democratic party and in the liberals, like they gotta be careful of how they brand because otherwise it's just going to be, it's just going to confirm what the Trump base already thinks. And I think it could be, sorry, I didn't know you're, I think it could be particular, potentially harmful, but I don't think Republicans are going to come around one day and be like, Oh, Democrats aren't all atheist baby killers. That's not going to happen. They already have that message drilled into their head. So me personally, I'm not going to drown. I'm going to try and swim. Yeah. Like, like I think me personally, I think we need a solid line of resistance that is equally strong on all fronts. I understand that that's not exactly the way battles are fought sometimes, but like that's defensively i feel like that's our best option i get that but you can't be you yourself can't be on the front line of every single battle no of I'm course saying. not and but on the flip side of this you can't just lay down like the uh, 14 democrats in congress who have voted yes for every single trump nominee so far so that, these I, people I need that. to be run out on a rail including our uh, former vice presidential nominee Need to be run the fuck out of Congress. Vice presidential nominee. Kane. Tim, Tim Kane. Oh, really? Yep. Yeah, that's he interesting. was one of the biggest ones. He's v- Kane, Feinstein, Mansion, Reed, not Harry Reid, um, McCaskill. Yeah. You yeah. Know, 
these are pretty, you know, democratic mainstays that are just, at least for all, for what it looks like to the rank and file down here, just bending over and letting Trump do what, do what they want to him. And I'm not saying we shouldn't put up any kind of resistance. Like, that's not what I'm championing for. I'm just saying, like, we're going to have policies we don't agree with. Choose your battles. Yeah. And and I think particularly, and not necessarily like us down here on the ground, you know, us nobodies, but I think particularly the upper echelons of the Democratic Party, like, they have to be careful how they position themselves because – hopefully in four years it's going to be a different well a different president needing cabinet picks and cabinet appointees and so it's this it's just setting up for it to be thrown in their face oh well you obstructed this and you were just not you were just sticking your hands in your ears and going la 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 and I just it's something I'm struggling with to try and understand like how how I feel about this pick your battles when it seems like every battle's important. Yeah. Yeah. A do or die moment. But I just don't think that's sustainable for four years. And I I think it gives the other side a lot of, a lot of cannon fodder to work with. And there, let's be completely objective here. There are some of the cabinet picks that are bad for us because, but they're typical Republican bad. Mm-hmm. They aren't like, like Rex Tillerson, Jeff Sessions. Uh, yeah, I would have. Uh, I was going to say like, like Linda McMahon, those sort of things. They're typical Republican bad. Linda McMahon, I have no problem with. Mattis didn't have a problem with. I, I mean, I kind of felt that, you know, he got rushed. He was supposed to be out retired for longer than I he feel was. Like, I feel but like that's been, all of them. But there have been ex- there have been exceptions to that rule before. It's not. He, there's nothing new there. And he seems to be qualified for the job. But we're, we're talking like DeVos, who is, or Rick, maybe Rick Perry for energy secretary is kind of typical Republican. Oh, come on. Dad. He didn't even know what it was until last week. Yeah. He did say at his hearing, which this could just be pandering to the hearing committee, but he did say something along the lines of like, had I known everything the energy department did, I wouldn't have recommended terminating it. And that's like, great. He changed his position. but. I wonder how much of that is genuine, how much is that, you know. Well, here's the thing that bothers me about that. It's great that he said it. I hope he means it. I hope he has, like, the best intentions. But at the same time, he was already running for president. He had already said, yes, I want to be president. Yeah. And he didn't know. Well, the person who got to be president didn't know any oh, of that's this. that's very true. So, I think. Rick Perry honest- built built the ramp for, for Donald Trump I to jump think- the shark. I, I believe, as Rick Perry would say, oops. Yeah. I think. It's kind of sad, but we almost need more Rick Perry's in there. People that are ignorant, but at least trainable. <laughs> well, I, I, some it's of like, us thought that Trump was going to be that person. Hopefully teach them not to shit in the house. Yeah, some of us thought that Trump was... I shouldn't say some of us, because I know none of us voted for Trump. But some people, some Democrats thought that Trump was going to be that trainable idiot and Cruz was a dangerous ideologue yeah and, and well he is to be fair it's true now and that's I don't want to get into another topic but <laughs> I don't but um that's something that like we need to work on as a party we we've thrown around the Hitler and they're the devil and they're horrible for people with Republican conservative ideas before but now we're actually seeing how bad it can be 
it really reminds me of Watchmen. Um, how at the very end it was supposed to create this utopian society because the giant psychic squid alien was what humanity all were going to fight against. They were going to unite against these like alien invaders. And in the movies, they changed to Dr. Manhattan. But that was the whole point of the story is that it made with a big sacrifice of a bunch of people died. Um, humanity had one goal, one focus, one enemy, and it it made the world a better place. So I'm hoping Trump has that, but without the casualties. So I say because those casualties were in the millions. Yeah, yeah. Okay, again, without the casualties. And if Trump keeps talking about North Korea and China and and everybody else in the world, like they don't mean anything, someone's gonna get a, a thorn in their paw and decide to nuke somebody else. I am actually more hopeful now than I was before because despite all the awful shit he's doing, even people who started voting for him are starting to look and say, this is some awful shit and we're rising up and hopefully within the next two years we can cut his legs out from under him and we're not going to take this shit. Yeah, let's pull his teeth. So uh, I know we did this last week, but it's going to require constant vigilance. Constant vigilance! It's like a trigger for her. Yeah. Last week we all did it. Or last episode we all did it. But you have a good, like, constant vigilance. It's, I think that's good. just going to be, like, our end tagline until <laughs> Trump's out. Yeah, we're, we're going to replace Keep It Nerdy with that. Um, Yeah, uh, on that note, please go check out... Um, check us out on Twitter, Facebook... Uh, Instagram. We are Nerds on the Left pretty much anywhere you would like to find us, including nerdsontheleft.com. Um, please check out uh, Ryan Little's Lonesome's Kickstarter for issue two. Um, again, it's up till February the 23rd. So go uh, be like us, donate some money, get some cool comics. Um, on that note, I'm Rodney. I'm Mara. Mike. Melissa. And we're out. Constant vigilance. What? Doctor doctors pull live cockroach from woman's skull after complaints of crawling sensation. <sighs> Whenever it moved, it gave me a burning sensation in my eyes. That's weird. It was alive and it didn't seem to want to come out. Is there a video? Because like roaches, like they they're fast. Like they run away from you. Can you imagine like trying to get one out of someone's sinus cavity? It says it it took forty five minutes and a combination of suction and forceps to finally remove the living nightmare from her skull. Oh god, there is a video. Oh god. They they just put like a roach like a miniature roach motel in there. Oh. She'd be like now we wait. I don't know why I'm so. Oh, oh. <laughs> they'd have to drug me. Oh, like, like, oh, that's like grossing me out and getting my gag reflex and intriguing me, <laughs> like all at the same time. The podcast you just heard is part of the B and E Network, brought to you by BMoviesAndEbooks.com. Yeah. 
Can you talk real loud real quick? Loud. Real loud. Real, real loud.